This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. We can walk in what God's Word promises us. That's so exciting to me to know that there's more to living for God than just coming to church. That we can fulfill our purpose. We can fulfill the vision that God has given us. We can fulfill the dreams. We can be everything that God's called and created us to be. We can know God more. And you've heard me say this. You know why you want more? Because there is more. There is more. That's why even as a young kid, before I gave my life to the Lord, I knew there had to be more to serving God than going to church and, and, and just reading Bible stories. Why? Why do we have that desire for more of His presence, more of His power, more healing, more wisdom, more courage, more insight? Because there is more. And so let's, let's draw on the anointing of God tonight. Let's expect to hear more. Let's expect to think on a different level. Let's expect, say it, expect expect that don't come here looking at me you look through me to him let's expect to hear the voice of God so if you've been here the last several times we've been talking about okay what do we do when our faith seems weak has anybody ever been at a place in their life where their faith seems weak and so we we've talked about okay going back to our fundamentals going back to our understanding and realizing that the opposition comes from Satan that John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So realizing that the hindrance, the delay, uh, the lack, the obstacles, the, the, the things that are holding us back from walking in the things of God, the opposition comes from Satan. And, and we went and we, dis, we talked from 1 John chapter 1 of how the importance of us walking in the light that we have and giving each other the freedom to, to be on a journey because that's what we, we're all on a journey, right? We're all at different places in our relationship with God. But when we give each other the freedom, he says the blood of Jesus cleanses us and we walk together in agreement. And then the importance of receiving God's forgiveness, of not building a mindset or our belief in our sin, but in God's goodness. That because of the blood of Jesus, we're able to come into the presence of God. Because of the blood of Jesus, the blood is working in us and through us and around us. And, and God wants us to walk in forgiveness, but not only receive our forgiveness, but to give forgiveness. Say it, receive forgiveness, receive forgiveness. and give forgiveness. Part of walking in the things of God is receiving God's forgiveness but also giving forgiveness. And then we talked about the importance of casting all of our care over on the Lord because He cares for us. He says, don't have any anxiety. Don't have any concern, any worry about anything. Fret not, He says. Don't have any anxiety about anything. Cast our care upon Him because He cares for me. Say it, He cares for me. He cares for me. He cares about every area of my life. He cares uh, about the desires of your heart. He cares about your business, your family, your destiny. He cares for us. But when we hold on to our worry, when we hold on to the concern, He can't do anything with it. But when we learn to release the worry and release the fear and release the concern, 
then he can do something with it. Why wouldn't we give our problems to somebody who can actually do something with them? Has, has any person worried their body healed? No. Has anybody here, have you ever filled your bank account up by worrying? No. He says, so, so do not worry. Worry doesn't work. Remember that? Worry doesn't work. Say it. Worry does not work. It doesn't work. So, so we're smarter than a bird, right? We've learned that here. I mean, we're smarter than to realize, okay, I'm going to keep worrying and it doesn't work. No, if it doesn't work, let's stop doing it. And then we went in and we talked about a lot of different things because we're located. Okay, what do I do when my faith seems weak? And maybe the victory seems lost. What do I do when I'm not seeing results in my relationship with God? What, am I, what do I do when I'm not seeing any manifestations? What do I do? And tonight we're going to talk about the importance of not doubting and not changing. Now, when I say not changing, one thing that we've learned is that God is perfect and we are not. Right? I mean, that's revelation to, to all of us, right? Now, we are not perfect. Did you know that? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you were here tonight. <laughs> and so God is perfect, and that lets me know that most of my encounters with God, there's going to be correction. There's going to be change. And I've got to be willing to continually change my thinking and change my believing and change my perspective. God doesn't change, but I change continually. But when I find something in God's Word, I've got to learn how not to change the way that I think when it's in alignment with the Word of God. When I find the promise of God, then I've got to make the decision. I'm not going to change the way that I think about my situation, the way I believe about my situation, the way I talk about my situation, my expectation will not change. When I discover it in God's Word, His Word reveals His will, I'm going to latch on to it with my mind, and I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change my belief. I'm not going to change what comes out of my mouth, regardless of what Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong think. Do not change. When we find it in the Word of God and we release our faith, do not change. When God promises that by the stripes of Jesus we're healed and whole, we do not change our belief about whether God is a healer or not. When He says, I supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, we do not change our belief about God supplying all of our needs. When He says He will bless whatever we put our hands to, we do not change our belief as long as it is in alignment with the Word of God. Say it, I will not change. Now we gotta keep, we gotta keep that in its right place that we come into the presence of God and we're willing to let go of wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong perception, any religious um, ideology. But when we find what God's word says, I'm gonna latch onto it like a bulldog and I am not gonna change the way that I think. In order to see the manifestations, of what God has promised, I've got to make a decision. I'm not going to change. I don't care if the economy changes. I don't care if my kinfolk change. I don't care if my cousins change. I don't care if my friends change. I'm not going to change the way I think according to God's Word. I'm not going to change. Remember, we've got to take ownership of our relationship with God. We've got to take ownership of the promises of God because until I make a decision, if God promised it to me, I'm going to have it. I'll never have it until 
I make the decision. I'm going to stay with it until it manifests. How long do I keep thinking this way? How long do I keep believing this way? How long do I keep declaring this way until it manifests? How long do I stand my ground? How long do I fight the fight of faith? How long do I keep praising and worshiping like I have the answer until it manifests? Say it until it manifests. Mark chapter 11, verse 21 and 24, this is on your notes, through 24. Now, you know the story here. Jesus, this fig tree appeared that it was going to have fruit, and it goes over there and examines it, and it doesn't have fruit. So Jesus curses the fig tree, and he goes on about his business. Say it, he goes on about his business. Well, they come back the next day, and the disciples, this is where we pick this up, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever says, are you a whoever? Whoever says. Now, so as we look at God's word, we've got to make a decision. Either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. Either I'm just going to read it or I'm going to read it and I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to apply it. But we're not here to play church. We're not here to go through the motions. So Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He's speaking to us. Say, he's speaking to me. And he says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Notice he says, okay, first you've got to make a decision that I'm going to speak to my obstacle. The mountain is an obstacle. It's an hindrance. Whoever says. So if you don't say, you don't qualify for the mountain being removed. If I don't say what Jesus tells me to say, then I don't qualify to have what Jesus promised me I could have. But when I make the decision, he says, whoever would say to this hindrance, whoever would say to their physical body, whoever would say to this tumor, whoever would speak to their knee, whoever, whatever the obstacle, whatever the hindrance, whatever the thing is standing in your way, whoever, say that's me, would say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his where? In his heart. So we can say all the Christianese we want to say. We can act real good and religious and we can have the lingo down, but if we don't believe in our heart that what we're saying is going to come to pass, we will never have what we say. But Jesus said, say Jesus said, Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, does not doubt in his heart, does not doubt in his heart. So I've got to be real with myself, and I've got to locate in my heart, when it comes to this situation, I want you to think of whatever situation is in your life, 
is there doubt? Now, I come to church and I say what I think I should say, but when I'm real with myself, is there doubt in my heart concerning my healing? Is there doubt in my heart concerning the provision? Is there doubt in my heart concerning my dream? And if there is, I've got to locate that spot and I've got to get to work on that area because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And remember this, faith thoughts and faith words are going to lead a weak heart from where it is to a place of strength. If I begin to think in alignment with God's Word and I begin to speak in alignment with God's Word, my heart is going to be weak whenever I start the process. But if I keep thinking it and I keep speaking it and I keep applying it, my heart's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And Jesus said, if I would say and I do not doubt in my heart, but believe. But believe. You know whether you're believing God's Word or not. But believe. So, so I, I don't doubt, and I choose to believe. He said I would have whatever I said. See, that's the good thing about the Bible is that we can do this. Can every person at the sound of my voice, can you open your mouth and say something? Can every person at the sound of my voice, can you choose to believe God's Word or not? So when people say, I can't believe that, that's a lie. You choose not to believe that. That's the great thing about God's Word, is we can do it. We can do it. You know, it's supposed to be natural for us as children of God to overcome. It's supposed to be natural for us to worship. It's supposed to be natural for us to give. It's supposed to be natural for us to conquer. It's supposed to be natural when the storms of life hit us. They, they might knock us down, but they don't knock us out. We get right back up fighting, stronger, wiser, wholer, with more victory, running through our veins. It should be natural, not natural for us to suck our thumb and pull our ear and wah, wah, wah. But most churches should be titled the first church of the sourpuss lemon suckers. <laughs> because that's the mentality that, well, Jesus did that because it was Jesus. Now listen to this in Matthew chapter 21, verse 20 and 21. Now I want you to picture what was taking place here because when Jesus spoke... To the fig tree, he went on about his business. And when he made the decision that he was going to curse it at the root, something happened spiritually before it happened physically. Listen to me. Your words have spiritual power. Your words have spiritual force. So when you decide, say decide. Decide. You make a decision. I'm not playing church. I'm not going through the motions. I make a decision. Remember, decision comes from the inside out. You know, you've heard me say this. When I had was born, my feet were all jacked up and I had a lot of surgeries and stuff on them. So I have all these incisions on my feet. Incision comes from the outside in. Decision comes from the inside out. At some point in time, I've got to make a decision that I'm going to believe in my heart and declare with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. Because if I don't make a decision, I will die and go straight to hell. But when I make a decision to believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I know I'm going to spend eternity with Almighty God. So when I make a decision... 
that I am going to speak God's word. Something happens spiritually in the unseen before we ever see anything in the scene. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, he went on about his business because he knew what was happening in the unseen was taking place and he wasn't moved by time. He wasn't moved by the limbs on the tree. He wasn't moved by the leaves on the tree. He was only moved by what he said. And when they come back, Peter said, how did this fig tree wither up? Because something happened in the unseen before it happened in the seen. Divine health and healing takes place in the unseen before it takes place in the seen. Prosperity takes place in the unseen before it takes place in the scene. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. What was he saying? He's saying, okay, I want you to prosper on the outside and I want you to be healthy on the outside, but it's going to be according to how healthy and prosperous you are on the inside. So when you decide you're going to speak to your bills, when you decide you're going to speak to cancer, when you decide you're going to speak to the obstacle, when you decide you're going to resist Satan, something happens in the unseen, so don't be moved by what you see in the scene because most of the time what we see in the scene talks us out of what we released our faith for in the unseen. That's why it is very important for us to spend enough time in God's Word where we begin to see ourselves healed and whole. We begin to see ourselves as blessed. We see ourselves as overcomers. We see ourselves as merciful and gracious and loving and kind. We've got to see it on the inside before we live it long term on the outside. Say it, see it on the inside before I live it on the outside. Matthew 21, verse 20, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled. This is Matthew's account. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Notice there's a lot of you in this discussion. Notice Jesus didn't say, don't try this at home. I'm the son of God and you're a worm. So you don't try what I'm doing at home. He says, no. Peter says, okay, how did this happen? He says, okay, listen to me. If you say me. I want you to picture Jesus speaking right to you and I, because he is. And he says, if you will make the decision, if, if you if you have faith and do not doubt. Now, the word doubt comes from uh, the word uh, duo, which means double. It means to stagger. It means to waver. It means of two minds. If you don't have two minds, he says, if you have faith and do not doubt, and you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, it would be done. Remember, Jesus told us to do what he did. And Jesus is telling, John chapter 14, verse 
verse 12, he says, the works that I do, you're going to do, and greater works you're going to do because I go to my Father. And then he looks at the disciples. He says, now you speak to the fig tree. Now you speak to the obstacle. Now you, and if you don't duo, if you don't stagger, if you don't waver, if you don't have two minds about what you're saying, what you say will come to pass. So when you say something, I'm just going to throw this in there. If you're running your mouth all the time, saying things that you don't believe, you will not be able to throw on a switch when all hell comes against you and you have what you say. Because you're saying stuff all the time that you don't really believe. So learning how to say what you mean and mean what you say, learning how to, when I say this, this is what I'm going to do. When I say this, this is what I, I mean. Your heart begins to believe that you say you believe what you say. So now when situations come, you listen to me, cancer, I curse you in the name of Jesus. Well, your heart is believing what you say because you live a lifestyle of believing what you say. So Jesus is saying, I need you to do what I did. Jesus was the Son of God, but He's operating as a man of God, anointed by the Spirit of God, as a child of God, showing you and I how to operate upon this earth. Remember, He spoke to the waves, and it happened in the unseen before it happened in the seen. He spoke to the fever, and it happened in the unseen before it manifested in the natural. He dealt with demons, and it happened in the spiritual before it happened in the natural. Natural. So when we make a decision to say, I'm not going to doubt, but I'm going to say, do not be moved by what you see because it has to take place in the unseen before we see it in the scene. Listen to what Abraham, so Jesus said, don't doubt, don't waver, don't stagger, don't duo. Another, another phrase he could use is do not change. Do not change. Once you see it in God's Word, once you begin to think what God has promised in His Word, once you release your faith, do not change. Don't waver. Don't stagger. Don't stammer. Do not change. Say it. Do not change. Romans 4, verse 17 through 21. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he is about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb... He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Notice this. So he, he heard something that was spoken, and he read something that was written. And he said, I'm making a decision in the presence of Almighty God because he spoke it, he said it, it was written, I'm going to believe. And it says he became what he chose to believe. If I believe that I'm the healed of the Lord, I will become what I choose to believe. If I believe I'm defeated, I'm under the curse, I will always lose, nothing ever goes right for me, you will become what you believe, positive or negative. But Abraham says, I'm going to, I heard what God said, I 
saw what God said, and in the presence of Almighty God, this is what He spoke to me. This is what He spoke to me. And I choose to believe. And even though against all hope, in hope, confident expectation, I'm choosing to believe, and I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to stagger. I'm not going to go back and forth. I'm not going to have two minds about the situation. And it took him 25 years, but he did not stop believing what God said. He did not change. Once God told it to him, he did not change. Said he did not change. How long do I stay with it when I'm thinking about the promise of God? How long do I keep believing what God said about my situation, regardless of what it looks like in the natural? How long do I keep calling things that be not as though they were until it manifests? Do not let time talk us out of our inheritance. He says, so I heard and I saw... And I chose to believe, and he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He said, I did not stagger. I did not waver. Waver, you think about it, what does a wave do? It comes down, it goes up, it's in, it's out. He said, I did not allow unbelief. So he starts, stay with me here, he started to believe what God promised. Did he have the opportunity to... When it says unbelief, think about it, unplugged, unhooked, he believed, he had the opportunity to unbelieve, but he says, I did not allow what I saw in the natural to to allow me to unhook or unbelieve. I kept believing. Just like when we get saved, 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, it says that the person who receives Jesus receives eternal life because they believe in the name of the Son of God. He says, but continue to believe. So we believe to come into the family of God, but continue to believe to walk as a child of God. I believe to come into the family of God, but I've got to keep believing to experience the rights as a child of God. I believe, he says, and I'm not going to stagger. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to unplug my belief. I'm going to keep believing. Tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep believing. And tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep believing. And the next day I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep believing. And I'm going to keep thinking. And I'm going to keep believing. And I'm going to keep declaring. And I'm going to keep expecting. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to stagger. I'm not going to unplug my belief. He says, I do not waver. So I've got to ask myself, where am I wavering? Where am I staggering? Remember, it happens in the unseen before I see it in the natural. And a lot of times we let time, we let circumstances, we let what people say, we let the bank account, we let our physical body tell us something Contrary to what God has told us, but when that talks back, talks to us, we've got to talk back. When Abraham's body talked to him and said, no way, you're an old man, you're shriveled up, it will not happen. Have you seen your wife? I mean, she looks like a prune over there. How is she going to have a baby? He spoke back. And he began to call her mother of many nations. He began to call himself father of many nations. He began to call things. He even changed his name from Abram to Abraham. So every time they called him, they were declaring father of many nations. What was he doing? He was aligning his thinking, aligning his believing, aligning his word until it manifests. How long? 
How long do we keep our thinking, our believing, our talking in alignment with God's Word? Until it manifests. Say it, until it manifests. So Jesus said, don't doubt, don't waver, don't stagger. Abraham said, don't doubt, don't waver, don't stagger. James, the half-brother of Jesus. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. It says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone, everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. I, I want to read that again. If any of you, remember, remember all the yous, Jesus talking to the disciples, he says, if you would say, if you would not believe, if you would believe, if you would believe in what you said, if, if, you, if you take ownership of your relationship with God here, he says, if anyone is deficient in wisdom... Let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone, who gives to everyone, whether you're green, brown, black, blue, male, female, have a lot of money, have no money, everyone. He gives to everyone. Say, that's me. Liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. In other words, he's saying God is not looking at your faults. If you ask him for wisdom, he promises he will give us wisdom. He gives it to everybody liberally. Liberally, He's not withholding it. Now listen to what he says. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. Only it must be in faith. Only comes from the word one. Listen, stay with me here. Only it must be in faith. He's saying there's one thing that a child of God must do. Only one. Think one way about the situation. Believe one way about the situation. Talk one way about the situation. Only one way. Only it must be in faith. There's one way to approach this thing, and it's our mind connected to the Word, our heart connected to the Word, our mouth connected to the Word. Only, only one way. Remember in Mark chapter 5, when Jairus comes to Jesus? You can read this in your own time, but he comes to Jesus. He says, Jesus, my daughter, she's at home. She's sick. She's dying. If you'll come and lay your hands upon her, he didn't say, we'll see what happens. He said, if you lay your hands upon her, she will live. So Jesus went with him. And as they're going along there, the woman with the issue of blood, she hears that it's with Jesus, and she, just, she comes pressing through the crowd. She'd been in this condition for 12 years and wasn't any better, and she heard that it was Jesus. She kept saying, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And Jesus stops because she released her faith and was made whole. And, and he turns and said, who touched me? And the disciple says, what are you talking about who touched you? You see all these people thronging you, and you say he touched me. He says, no, no, there was a touch of faith. See, you can go to church church and go through the motions, but it's different when you make the decision. I'm going to believe, and I'm going to say, and I'm only going to think one way about this situation, and I'm not backing off of this until I see it manifest. I'm not backing off of restoration of my life until I see it manifests only one way. And so here Jairus is, he's sitting by Jesus, and the Bible says this lady comes, and she's fearing and trembling, and she tells him the whole truth. I mean, she is definitely being a woman, and she's using all of her words at this time. He says she told her the whole truth. <laughs> and you know, Jairus is going, okay, that's nice, lady. You got your healing. Would you sh shut your trap? We got stuff to do, you know. 
But as he's sitting there, somebody from Jairus' house comes and says, don't, don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter's dead. And the Bible says when Jesus heard it, he didn't give him a chance to respond. He didn't give a chance to anybody else to respond. He looked at Jairus and what did he tell him? Only believe. One. He says, Jairus, I need you to think about this one way. Remember what you told me? You said if I would come lay my hands upon her that she would live. You released your faith. I need you to keep talking one way. I need you to keep believing one way. I need you to keep expecting one thing. Only believe. One way. Only believe. You have one choice in this matter and that's to believe. That's to think what you said, believe what I said, speak what I said. Only believe. And James is saying, okay, only one, one way it must be in faith. If you come to God, it doesn't matter how big your Bible is. It doesn't matter if you have a Christian t-shirt on. It doesn't matter if you have a bumper sticker that says, honk if you love Jesus. It doesn't matter. Any. He says, when you come, only, say it only, only, only one way. You think one way about this situation. You believe one way about this situation. You talk one way. Only it must be in faith. Now let's pause for a moment. How are we doing? How are we doing? And, and, and I want you just to kind of scan across your heart right now. And let's be real with ourselves. How, how am I doing when it comes to my physical body? How am I doing when it comes to my finances? How am I doing when it comes to my destiny and calling and purpose and vision, my family? Only belief. Says you got one choice as a child of God, one, one action and that's to believe. James tells us here, only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable, unreliable, uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Unstable, unreliable, uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. When it, when it comes to you and I receiving from God and believing God's Word, am I certain or am I uncertain? Am I stable or am I unstable? Am I up here at church, praise God, I'm going to believe God, and then things are going to turn around, and my life's going to be restored, bless God, and we get so excited, and we see you tomorrow. <laughs> that's up, that's down, that's in, that's out. But when we make a decision, I'm not backing off of this until. Until what? Until it manifests. One way. I'm going to think one way. My God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. I'm going to think one way. He sent His Word and healed me of every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. I'm going to think one way. He said, everything I put my hand to prospers and increase. I'm going to think one way. The devil has to repay me seven times everything that he stole from me. I'm going to think about it one way. I'm going to believe one way. I'm going to talk one way. And I'm not going to change. Where am I changing? Holy Spirit, show us where we're changing. Where we're up and down. Where we're in and out where we're wavering or staggering and let's put it we, we can do this
That's what's so awesome. We can change. We, we can change and release and let go. And then when we find God's Word, we make a decision. I'm not changing. This is what God promised. This is what I'm going to have. It's what God promised. It's what I'm going to have. It's what God promised. It's what I'm going to have. It's what God promised. It's what I'm going to have. Regardless of Tom, Dick, or Harry, this is what God said to me, and this is what I'm going to walk, walk in, and I'm going to stay with it until what? Until it manifests. Remember in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, he says, You put on the whole armor of God, having done all to stand, you stand. For how long? Until it manifests. We stand until we win. We stand. Matthew chapter 14, verses 26 through 29. This is a, a great um, illustration of faith. You know this story. This is when Jesus, He sent the disciples out and He goes up and He spends time with the Father and He's praying and He sees them out on this boat in the middle of the night and He comes walking on the water. Verse 26, And when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled and saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered Him and said, Lord, if it it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I mean, you picture this. You have these grown men in the boat freaking out. I mean, here comes Jesus walking on the water, and, and, and they just they start freaking out. They get afraid. They get scared. I mean, you can, can you see Peter looking over at John? Can you hold me, please? I mean, I'm just, this is just really disturbing me. <laughs> How, however it happened, and then Jesus interrupts him. He says, hey, guys, now, now these are his main men. They'd been with Jesus for years. They had heard the importance of faith. I mean, they, they had heard the teachings on no fear. And what were they doing? They were afraid. And Jesus says, hey, guys, it's me. Be of good cheer. It's I. Get, get a hold to yourself. Come on, get, a hold, get, get your mind back together. And then Peter answered him, says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. Notice when Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And Jesus said, Peter, you better stay right there. Don't let that ship buck you off. Peter, you better stay right there because I'm Jesus and you're you and you can't do what I'm doing. Now, what did he say? Come. Now, I thought it was very interesting. On the plane today, I was looking at the word uh, command in the Greek language, and it meant to urge, it meant to give an order, it meant to hail to insight. Peter was saying, you give me the command and I'll act upon it. Because there's, there's no miracle until we act. There's no power of God released until we act. We can come to church. We can hear the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But faith is doing. So Peter said, Lord, bid me to come. Command me to come. Order me to come. Urge me to come. How many times has the Holy Spirit urged us to do something, but we're like the other disciples in the boat? How come the other disciples did not speak up and say, Lord, bid me to come? Because they were afraid. But not Pete. I mean, I like Pete. I mean, he had some tenacity about him. He said, Lord, I want to do what you're doing. I want to walk in what you said I can walk in. Bid me to come. Order me to come. And it says that Peter got out of the boat, and whenever he began to act, whenever he stepped on the Word, he should not have been able to do what he did, but when he acted on the Word, the Word upheld him. 
There's no power released until we step. There's no power released until we step, until we act upon the Word of God. Romans 1.16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation means healing, wholeness, protection, soundness, provision. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. But the power is not released until we, until we step. Power is not released until we, until we step. Come on, talk to me. Power is not released until, until we step. Notice the Bible does not say that Peter stayed in the boat until his feet started tingling and then he walked on the water. Notice it did not say he sat in the boat until the glory of God picked him up and made him get out on the water. No, he had a word and when he stepped, he walked on water. The power is released when we step. Now let's keep going here. And I just think it's so cool because that's what you'll always hear God say. When, when we get in the presence of God, He's always telling us to come. He's always telling us to come up. Ever since the fall of man, He's always been speaking, come up. In Revelations, when John writes Revelations, He says, come up here. I need you to hear from this place. Come up. He's always saying, come up out of lack. Come up out of sickness. Come up out of addiction. Come up. He's always trying to bring us up. The reason He sent Jesus was to bring us up, not to connect us to Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal religion, for us to come up. He says in Isaiah 55, I give you my word so you can come up to my way of living. Come up to my way of thinking. So when Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come, and he said come, that is a natural answer for the Lord. When you get quiet, he's always going to be doing this. He's always going to be saying, come on. You know there's more. Come on. Come on. You know you can think higher. You know you can believe for more. You can pray bigger prayers. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. So he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. He said, come. He got out of the boat, verse 30. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? I want to read it again, but when he saw... Now notice, he acted upon the Word of God. He chose to believe, and he stepped, and he was doing the impossible. But then, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So... When he began to look at the wind, when he began to look at the waves, and he began to feel a certain way, he began to sink. Don't allow... Remember, it happens in the unseen before we see it in the seen. When Jesus spoke the word come, it was in the unseen, and he acted. And when he acted upon the word, the word upheld him. Whatever situation you're facing, we've got to make a decision. I'm going to believe in my heart. I'm going to declare with my mouth, and I'm going to step. I'm going to act. And then when I step out, I've got to know there's going to be wind. I've got to know there could be lightning. There could be thundering. I've got to know there could be other disciples in the boat saying, Peter, what are you doing? Get back in the boat. God doesn't do that anymore. Remember? You've got to know when you step, 
there are going to be obstacles and hindrances. Satan is going to do everything he can to distract you from being who God's called and created you to be. But stay focused. Remember, once you know the Word of God, the will of God, I do not change. I do not change my mind. I do not change my belief. I do not change my word. If he would have kept his eyes on Jesus and not been distracted by the waves and not been distracted by what he felt and not allowed fear to get in, he did not have to sink. That's why Jesus looked at him and he said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter did not have to sink. If he would have kept believing, he chose to believe, and he got out. If he would have kept his belief intact, if he would not have changed, he would have kept walking on the water. But when he staggered, when he wavered, when he unplugged his belief, bloop, 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 bloop. But look at the mercy of God. Lord, save me. And immediately... The Lord reached out his hand. Notice it didn't say, and that was the end you saw Peter, and they drugged the lake for two days after that. (laughs) There's going to be times we're doing the best that we know how to do. But sometimes it's just not good enough. (laughs) And that's where we say, Lord, save me. And God's mercy fills in the gaps. God's mercy reaches down and upholds us. God's mercy makes up the difference. Remember, His mercy is new every day. We are a work in progress and we need the mercy of God. There's times that you just need to call on the mercy of God and say, God, I have made a dumb decision. Lord, save me! (laughs) You might feel like you're just fixing to go all the way under and the water's right here, but His mercy reaches down and pulls him out. He did not have to sink. Just like there's not one situation in our life that we have to go under. Not one. Not one. When he says all things are possible to the person who believes, that means that all things are possible to the person who believes. Remember, only believe. Once you find God's Word and once you find God's will, another way of him saying this is don't you change. Don't you change your thinking once you line it up with my word. Don't you change your belief once you line it up with my word. Don't you change your words once you line it up with my word. Only, only one way to approach it. Only one way to approach it. Only belief. Look at Colossians chapter 2. Say, I'm glad I came. Colossians chapter 2 verse 5. It says, for though I am away from you in body, we're almost done, so finish strong here with me. Though I am away from you in body, yet I am with you in spirit, delighted at the sight of your standing shoulder to shoulder in such orderly array and in the firmness and the solid front and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, the leaning of the entire human personality on Him and absolute trust and confidence in His power, His wisdom, His goodness. What, what was he saying right here? The steadfastness of your faith. He says, I'm not there in present, but what I am noticing is that you're not wavering. What I am noticing, that you're growing. What I am noticing, you're standing shoulder to shoulder and you're believing God. And whenever you're saying God's word, you're knowing that things are happening in the spiritual before you see it in the natural. And your heart is steadfast. Your heart is not changing. Your heart is believing. Your mind is steadfast. Your words are steadfast. Hebrews 13. 
This all goes together. What I think, what I believe, what I expect, what I say. Once I find it in God's Word, I am not going to change. Say it, I'm not going to change. So let's think about it. Scan your heart real quick. What area do I need to go back and stir my faith up in? What area have I begun to waver or stagger? What area maybe I release my faith, but then I unplug my faith? Once we find God's Word, God's will, I'm not going to change. Say it, I'm not going to change. He, that was weak. Say it, I'm not going to change. Hebrews 13, verses 7 through 9. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the Word of God to you, whose faith follow. Consider the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace. So he's saying, okay, don't, don't be caused to waver or stagger or duo, have a double mind because of this teaching and that teaching. It says what Jesus said about it yesterday, he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forever. He was the healer yesterday, he's the healer today, and he will be the healer forever. He was the blesser yesterday, he's the blesser today, and he will be the blesser forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever. So when people say that he has changed, he tells us, I am God and I change not. His character nature has not changed. He is still faithful. He is still almighty. He is still powerful. He is still doing miracles. He is still putting people back together again. So if somebody comes out with a 2.0 version of the Bible, run, because God is not coming up with something new. He isn't looking at your life and he's just saying, Ray, I mean, you're pretty sharp. I didn't know that until now. Thank you for showing that. Okay, I need to upgrade the, the Bible. No, no, he's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He's the first, he's the last, he's the beginning, he's the end. He does not change. What he's promised us does not change. Say it, he does not change. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 4. As you're looking there, we're getting ready to, to be done right here. But notice, notice how the enemy wants to get you to change. By how you feel, by what other people say. The enemy wants you to get offended. Get you offended at a preacher, get you offended at your friends, get you offended because offense suffocates and it chokes the Word of God. We can't keep growing if we get offended. We can't walk in the manifestation of what God's promised if we're offended. It's kind of like forgiveness and unforgiveness. Man, if we want to walk in divine health and healing, it's important we receive forgiveness and give forgiveness. It's important that we recognize the devil's tactics. So what are they going to know about us? What were they saying last year? They were saying... Philippians 4.19, my God supplies all my needs. What are they going to be saying today? My God supplies all of my needs. What are we going to be saying 10 years from now? My God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. What did we say about healing years ago? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed and made whole. What are we going to say today? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed and made whole. What are we going to be saying tomorrow? By the stripes of Jesus, we're healed and made whole. We were saying we were redeemed from the curse. We're saying we're redeemed from the curse. And we're going to be saying... We're redeemed from the curse. 
the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we find it in God's Word, do not change. Only one way to approach it, only believe. Say it, only believe. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 2, 3, 9, and 10. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So you, that means you can hear the word of God and there be no change. That means you can have 10 real big Bibles and nothing changes. I mean, you can get a star, a gold star for attendance at church for 30 years and things not change. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For as he has said, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from before the foundations of the world. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also created from his works as God did from his. He has ceased from his works as God did from his. So he's saying we have a choice when we hear God's word. I'm going to choose to believe God's word, and I'm going to get out of the boat, and I'm going to step. And when I step... I'm not going to change. I, I, I can go back when I was rodeoing right out of college. If I never would have stepped, provision never would have came. When I went from rodeoing to pastoring churches and starting churches, if I never would have stepped, things never would have changed. When I went back to traveling and ministering or going on TV, if I wouldn't have stepped, things never would have changed. When we hear God's Word, for it to activate and be real in our life, we're going to have to step. We have a choice. Either I'm going to believe Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong, or I'm going to believe the Word. And I'm going to mix my faith with it. I've got to mix my faith with what I'm hearing. If I don't do it, it doesn't happen. But when I see it, I don't change. When I hear it, I don't change. When I, I release into the unseen, then I don't change. Say it, I do not change. When it comes to God's Word, we don't change. We, we, let's, let's go after whatever the Holy Spirit was bringing up in your mind and in your heart about your business, about your finances, about your family. What area only believe? Just one way. Where do you need to push all the distractions out and bring yourself into focus and saying, I'm only going to think what God thinks about this. I'm only going to believe what God's Word says about this. I'm only going to expect this to happen. I'm only going to keep saying, even once I step out and I feel the waves and the wind and I feel the lightning and the thunder and I have everybody yelling, what are you doing? You must be out of your head. I'm only going to believe and I'm only going to keep stepping until when? Till it manifests. I want to pray over you. Father, I love you so much. And I'm thankful for how good you are. I'm thankful for your word that never returns void. Father, I'm thankful for your faithfulness. And this is for somebody here or somebody watching on TV that you've just been having issues with your hearing, your ears, like even fluid or even blood flow out of your ear. 
And I release the healing power of Jesus Christ to operate right now in that ear. I speak to the inner ear. I speak to the eardrum. I command the fluid. I command the blood to stop flowing out of those ears in Jesus' name. And I seal it with the Word of God. And I call that person healed and I call that person whole right now in Jesus' name. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if, if, that's, if somebody, if that's here... Um, would you just look up at me or put your hand up in the air if that's somebody you've been dealing with ears stuff here that must be somebody that was is watching let us know of the manifestation of the healing that's taking place in your physical body and father I do I bless I, I, I declare father that this word does not return void that Holy Spirit, you show us, you stir us where we need to only believe, where we need to recapture our faith, where we need to re-engage our thinking, our believing, our words, our expectation, and that you confirm the word with signs following. And Father, I just thank you for your faithfulness, the people that give tonight. Father, I will not change my declaration over this body of believers that they are prosperous, they are successful, they are blessed. The spirit of increase is in them and on them, that they are blessed to be a blessing. And everything they touch increases and succeeds all for the glory of God. And Father, we just thank you so much for your wisdom, your heart, your mind. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.